الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وذروا ظاهر الاثم وباطنه ان الذين يكسبون الاثم سيجزون بما كانوا يقترفون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ان الحلال بين وان الحرام بين وبينهما مشتبهات لا يعلمهن كثير من الناس الى اخر الحديث او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected mothers and sisters students of deen last week we had discussed the hadith sharif wherein rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam gave a very great advice and this hadith is known as one of the four ahadith which are the basis of islam so in this hadith sharif what was already explained was that there are certain things nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that there are certain things which are very clearly halal innal halala bayyinun nobody has any doubt about it it's very clear cut and we took some examples as well fruits vegetables now a person has got some tree in his backyard and that fruit has grown there now he's sitting and scratching his head and is this halal nauzubillah it's obvious that's halal so now this is one category where something is clearly halal so this is just an example fruit vegetables these are edibles like that there are things which are clearly permissible in terms of actions now a person is talking to his uh, or since this discussion is with our sisters <coughs> so some female she's talking to her brother she's talking to her paternal uncle her father's brother her mother's brother now these are clear cut which are halal so now this interaction is within the limits of shariat there's no doubt about this interaction being permissible that a person can interact with her brother maternal uncle paternal uncle etc those who are the maharim so there are specific details that go with this but within those limits that interaction is permissible and then then there are those which are clearly impermissible so in edibles there are things which are clearly impermissible eating pork nauzubillah is completely forbidden so a mu'min will never ever entertain this as a as a thought also that uh, this is fine it's totally haram totally impermissible he will never ever in fact he'll feel a disgust even the thought of it and likewise various other things which are clearly impermissible so now a person will never walk into a bottle store into a place where alcohol is sold and go and consume something there which is haram and neither will he walk in that place for anything 
because that place is now a place of selling things which are clearly haram and forbidden that place is for that purpose to sell these haram items he will never enter there and then there are certain things which sometimes become a bit of an issue that it is not very clear where that does this fall now there are certain ingredients in some items which are processed, processed items so now somebody is manufacturing it and there's a whole lot of things that are mixed into that whole lot of ingredients so now some ingredients are sometimes somewhat unclear where does this fall does it fall on the side of halal does it fall on the side of haram now sometimes somebody is of one view that this is no this is fine and somebody is of the view that is not fine a very simple example animal gelatine animal gelatine now some are very clearly on the view that this is not permissible it's haram because the requirements of the complete metamorphosis that takes place which then changes the nature of something and purifies it doesn't happen in the processing of gelatine now this is a long technical discussion we don't need to go into all those details here but what the point we are making is that there are many who are of the view experienced scholars who are of the view that this is clearly impermissible meaning if that gelatine has been derived from an animal that was not slaughtered in the correct manner not made halal it was extracted it's something that's extracted from a certain part of the animal it was extracted from an animal that was not slaughtered in the correct manner then this gelatine will be haram for it to be halal it has to be extracted from an animal that was slaughtered in the correct way according to the requirements of sharia so now this gelatine according to many which was extracted from animals not made zabah is not permissible is haram there are some scholars who are of the view that a complete metamorphosis takes place and therefore this has now become purified and it's a completely different substance after that whole uh, process takes place so therefore they are of the view that no it's fine now when there's such a big body of scholars that are of the view that this is not permissible the least that has happened now this is as an example it's being used as an example here that the least that has happened here in this case is the least the least that has happened is that it has become a doubtful matter mushtabi that's the very least many are very strongly of the view that no there's no chance in this but if somebody has adopted the view of a certain personality then to in his for him also this is still in the level of mushtabi because there's such a big number of people that are of this view that it is not permissible at all and there are strong reasonings that they are presenting for it so now when this is the case the least is that this has become in a doubtful situation so now what is the safe thing to do the very safe thing is to go by the rule when in doubt leave it out because then a person will not be in a problem the person will not fall into a situation 
if a person did not consume something that had a 50-50 situation in it, what did he lose? He didn't lose anything. He didn't starve, he didn't go hungry. There's so many things Allah Ta'ala has provided for us which are 100% clear cut. So, he's not going to go hungry. Sometimes there are people from time to time will ask that this particular restaurant, can I go and eat from there? But why are you asking this question? Oh, well, some people are saying something and some people are saying something else. And some. So when there's already a doubt, because of the doubt you are already asking now, because you're not clear of yourself, so why do you not take chances? If you don't go and eat in that particular restaurant, are you going to suffer some kind of loss? You're going to suffer some disease? You're going to suffer some uh, problem? Maybe you'll catch some virus? No, none of these things. In fact, it will benefit you if you don't go and eat in any of the restaurants out there because the more wholesome food is in the home, more nourishing, more wholesome and the person who's going to cook it at home is inshallah going to be reciting Bismillah before starting. Is going to be making perhaps inshallah some zikr, some tasbihat, some durood sharif might be read a couple of times at least in that process because the person is now keeping himself or herself occupied in some zikr because that's how a mu'min should be. We are all learning now and tomorrow someday we will, the students will move on in life. They will start taking on the responsibilities of the home which should be the focus of a girl. Unfortunately, this is the wrong mindset that is creeping in. That every girl must also think of a career. And she must think about what she's going to do in life. As if all these ages and generations that passed before us, these great women that lived their lives in their, within the confines of their homes, as if they had nothing to do in life. As if they, were, they wasted their life. No, they didn't waste their life. It was because of their dedication within the home to see to that home being a place which is fulfilling all the requirements of a home and taking care of their families and becoming the pillar of support for their children to uh, become true Muslims and to be guiding them there, being there for their tarbiyat. They built the whole society. They built the society. People out there were doing what they were doing. Somebody was working and somebody was going to a business and somebody was in a profession. The husband was doing something and the brother was going somewhere and the son was doing something. But the society was built by that woman in the home because they built the people who were out in the society. So now in this home, two people got built and that home, three people got built and that home, five people got built. Others also played a role, but the very central role in the home was played by the mother. And since she was such a central pillar in that home, in the tarbiyat of all concerned, she made the society from behind the scenes. So what her position will be in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. And that ikhlas, others were in the limelight, others were in the forefront. And she quietly is doing what she had to do. Look at people like Imam Bukhari, Rahmatullahi. It was his mother. His father passed away. He was an orphan. It was his mother. She was the one that now raised him and guided him. and She was the pull of support for him. And she made the tarbiyat of him. And this is not the only example. There's dozens of examples of very great people. 
very very great personalities who were orphans their fathers had passed away and they were brought up by their mother's single mother that mother alone single parent and without others being available to also do too much that mother did what she had to do Nizamuddin Awliya Rahmatullahi same situation such a great personality so all these people, it was those mothers, they made that man, they made that personality, they made that great imam, they made that person who then shone in the whole world, but that battery was that mother behind him. Take that battery out, no light. She was that battery. The battery is hidden. You see the car that is moving and take the battery out, the car can't go anywhere. Because that car needs that power to start off also. That battery is not, they can't, the ignition won't work. So, that mother was playing that role. Now, everybody has to be out in the world. And if they are not there, then the question is, what are they going to do in life? But now, what did they achieve by going in all these various departments which were not for them? What did they achieve? The whole family system started disintegrating. The children started growing up in commercial care. I keep mentioning this, that commercial care provides commercial upbringing and commercial upbringing creates commercial values in the heart of the child. They are not truly passionate about bringing up a child. And then now the parents come, they are too tired, mother is too tired, she's worked the whole day, she's got time now to give some time and attention to the child, it's just now get things done. Just get the necessary done. And then many a child, many young people complain from time to time. There's no time for me. My parents are all too busy. There's repeatedly this kind of emails, etc. being received. Everybody is too busy. I do my own thing. And now I got caught up in certain things. Now everybody is coming down on my head. It's wrong to get caught up. There's no excuse. But at the same time, others will also be responsible. Others will also be accountable. So, this was a digression. We went away in a different direction. What we were actually discussing is that now, trying to recall where we digressed from. So, in any case, the, the lesson we were talking about was that sometimes there are things which are a little doubtful. It's not clear cut. So, now, when a person is caught up in something like this, when there's an issue now, that what should I do? Should I take this path or that path? Now, for example, that gelatine we are talking about, uh, which is, now there's a problem now, there's an issue, so what does a person do? So now that rule, when in doubt, leave it out. So likewise, in so many things in life, various actions, certain things are clear-cut. We're talking about certain interactions, who we can interact with, which is clear-cut, and then certain interactions are out of the question. It's completely impermissible. So there is no question about getting into those situations. Now some people get confused in terms of certain particular relationships or ties of family that this perhaps is fine, it's neither here nor there. Now that's a very major misconception. In terms of who we are allowed to interact with, 
and who we are not allowed to interact with, there is no grey area in this. All those who are mahram, with whom marriage is forbidden perpetually, it was always forbidden. So, those are the mahrams. And talking to a mahram, shaking hands with a mahram, this is permissible. But anybody who is not a mahram, then that falls on the clear side of impermissibility. There is no grey area here. There is no that, well, sometimes people say, no, no, but this person is just like a brother to me. And this person is like a son to me. And this person is just like my grandfather. Now, either the person is a brother or is not a brother. Can't be a brother and not a brother. Not like a brother. Like a brother than all the believers. Allah Ta'ala said, Innamal mu'minuna ikhwa. All the believers are brothers and sisters. Muslim brothers and sisters. But despite all being Muslim brothers and sisters, there is this line that those who are mahram, interaction with them is permissible. And those who are not mahram, interaction with them is not permissible. So this casual talking, now this is my cousin, and this is so and so, and this is so and so, and therefore, well, you know, we're all one big family, and we grew up like brother and sister, and so on and so forth. Nabi Islam has spelt it out, innal halala bayinun, wa innal harama bayinun. What is halal? That's clear cut. What is haram? is clear cut. Now these particular aspects don't fall in any grey area. This is clear cut. So when it is clear cut, then we can't start making any issues about it. We need to comply. We need to turn to Allah Ta'ala and beg His forgiveness for whatever mistakes have happened and now focus ourselves to start moving forward. People will have a lot of things to say. People will discourage us. People will try to become obstacles in the way. They'll make comments. But these are all things that happen in the path of haq, in the path of truth. But the person who is more concerned about Allah Ta'ala than people will not get deterred by this. Person will feel also that now, how am I being treated now? Some auntie is making this comment, and some uncle is making that comment, and somebody is saying this, and somebody is saying that. But that interaction is not permissible, it's not permissible. So we cannot be compromising in deen. One is to a person's weakness, a person is still caught up in something, then must acknowledge the weakness. This is also something we have repeatedly discussed. Don't ever make any excuse for our weakness. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala speaks about the Bani Israel and the wrongs that they did. Allah Ta'ala commanded them and told them, وَلَا تَلْبِسُوا الْحَقَّ بِالْبَاطِلِ وَتَتْتُمُونَ الْحَقَّ وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ Now because of what they were doing, the wrongs, they were given various commands. And among those various commands, this was one of it. Allah Ta'ala said, don't try to confuse the truth with falsehood. Don't cover it up. Don't try to put up a defense for the wrong. Because that is very dangerous for even one's iman. If something is wrong, don't try to camouflage it. Accept that this is wrong. Accept this is my weakness. Accept that I have to make tawbah and istighfar from this. And accept that I need to move out of this. If it doesn't happen today, then I will keep making tawbah and istighfar and I will keep begging Allah Ta'ala's help. Ya Allah, I am stuck in this thing and it's my weakness. Ya Allah, you enable me to come out of it.
You enabled me to move forward. You enabled me to become a true servant of yours. So we don't ever try to cover up the wrong. Don't ever try to put up some kind of camouflage or put some defense up for the wrong. No, we be very clear about it within ourselves. And when a person is clear about it, between him and Allah, Allah Allah knows and we know in our heart what's going on. But we are honest and we don't try to cover it up. That itself will become a means of sincere tawbah. And that itself will inshallah become a means of stepping out of the wrong. And as soon as a person starts going into the mode of cover-up, then that cover-up mode, that will cover up a person's thinking. And when something gets covered up, it doesn't function properly. Meaning when the mind is covered up, it doesn't function properly. Because now I can't think, it's covered. Mind is covered by some, something that's blocking the thinking. Then the person now starts going into serious matters and starts falling. Allah forbid where we can fall. So, we need to be then very, very clear about what is the position and we need to make that firm resolution to move out of it. Then Nabi Islam says, between them are these doubtful things. And the person who avoids these doubtful things, so these doubtful things, the person who avoids it will protect his deen, he'll protect his iman, he'll become, he'll be safe, his honor will be safe. And otherwise, the person is going to put himself into serious trouble. There are things which are doubtful in terms of speech. Now sometimes a person says, no, no, there's not really ribat. What do you mean not really ribat? Okay, if sometime you were not 100% sure that it's ghibad, but you are doubtful that it could be ghibad. So when you're doubtful that it could be ghibad, or if you're not in doubt yourself, but the reality is that it, it's a very grey area, then that's something to be refrained from. Because it could be bordering on sin. And it could be sin already. But you are in a confusion. So there's doubtful things in terms of speech, doubtful actions doubtful dressing for example certain kinds of dressing are well within the limits of permissibility it doesn't mean that if somebody wants to stay within the confines of what shariat has allowed then they're going to be dressing in a drab manner in a way that's going to be uh, come like dressed in a way that's shabby or now there will be no nothing for them in it Na'uzubillah Allah Ta'ala gave us commands in the Quran Sharif Nabi Wasallam taught us what are the limits of deen are we making an accusation Na'uzubillah against deen that deen has commanded us to do something which is uh, not possible for us and uh, which is Na'uzubillah bad for us Allah Ta'ala protect us from such thoughts, from such statements. So, obviously, certain things are within the limits. And it doesn't mean that if we're going to keep ourselves within the limits, there won't be any room for wearing something that is, uh, even we'll call it attractive, something that's elegant, something that's good. There is ample space for this. But there's specific limits of Sharia. What kind of fabric that must be? 
Now some fabric for example, one is a fabric that might be clearly within the side of permissibility. And there will be some fabric clearly on the side of impermissibility. How can that be? A fabric impermissible? What can a fabric? Obviously fabric is fabric, meaning to make a garment of that fabric and wear it, that garment. But now we are talking specifically of that fabric which the garment was made. So now for example, it's a requirement to cover in front of even a mahram. Certain parts of the body still have to be fully covered in the presence of a mahram as well. So now that's mashallah, that, that, that extent of the body was covered. But covered with what? With such a fabric, the garment was made of such a fabric that is see-through. That is barely covering anything. Now can that be permissible? How can that ever be permissible? Now, that's clearly on the side of haram. Because now what is meant to be covered is exposed. So that is clearly on the side of haram. Now then you might get one fabric which it can be like a 50-50 thing. Somebody is saying, no, no, this is little bit, you know, it's on the see-through side. Maybe you can't really see, but if you look carefully, you probably can see something. And it's just showing off a little bit of the, maybe skin color, whatever. Might not be much, but it's there. And somebody is saying, no, but you don't know whose sight is how good. The person who is saying, no, I can't see anything. You don't know what's the level of their sight, whether they forgot their glasses that day, or what happened. Or whether the person who's seeing something is seeing too much. But the thing is that it is on a borderline because the fact that some question has come up and somebody is saying, no, no, I think it's fine. And somebody is saying, it's become a borderline thing. That's a doubtful thing. So Rasulullah is saying, stay away from that. Don't get close to it. Because that will become a problem. So now one is the fabric. The other is the design. Some designs will be clearly permissible because they don't cross any line, they don't come close to the lines of impermissibility. So that design now, there's some uh, thing that has been made attractive in it, etc. But it is well within the limits. So Alhamdulillah, no problem. Provided it is not being worn to go and be paraded in front of non-mahrams, it's fine. And there are certain designs which are clearly impermissible. There is no space for that in the limits of permissibility. All these western style of garments are generally, by and large, in this category. That the design doesn't take care of the shari requirements. Either it's exposing parts of the body that must be covered, now, this is a sensitive topic, but these are realities, these are very, very tragic realities. That, for example, the manner in which garments are now being designed, so the neckline is being made longer and deeper. Why? Because shaitan wants to create this exposure. So this is shaitan's way of bringing about this immorality in clothing. So now that is now being adopted. So now somebody says, no, she's only wearing it in the home. So does that make it good? So in the home there's children there too. 
sometimes as brothers and sisters, I regularly receive these kind of emails about somebody complaining about their own sister, complaining about their, sometimes, Allah knows best, even mother, somebody complaining about what not, about the clothing has become a problem for them. And sometimes even a girl is complaining about the dressing of other females in the home. So now, is that not immoral? That to the extent that even people of the household, some of them who Allah Ta'ala has blessed with that purity of the heart and mind where they can think clearly and they are not blinded by things of the fashions and so on, so they can see the disgusting thing, they can see the disgust in that kind of dressing and they are expressing it. So the fact that somebody is even seeing it within the home, people who are not very qualified and learned, just people who have, alhamdulillah, the correct thinking, they haven't let, allowed their minds to get contaminated. Now some girl is in a home and she's complaining. Some youngster, he's still in school, he's in high school or whatever. He's not even gone to any Darul or anything, he's studying. And now they're complaining about the dressing of their own household members. So what does this tell us? Or what kind of that? But now that has become the style, the fashion. Now that's not doubtful. Let us not be confused about this. That's not doubtful. That is clearly impermissible. That is not doubtful. Where even some ordinary female, some youngster, they are finding it disgusting within their homes and they are come to, to the point that it brought them to write about it and to ask for some advice about how to handle it. This itself speaks volumes about what the situation is. Now that's not a by the way situation and neither is that any confusion about it that this is... Uh, well, maybe it's fine, maybe it's not fine. How can that be fine? So that is clearly in the side of impermissibility. And unfortunately, this has become a scourge. The COVID pandemic cannot compete with this pandemic. This virus, this virus of immorality in dressing and so on, this virus has spread like wildfire from long before COVID and it's still... Despite COVID, people haven't opened their eyes and haven't taken ibrat, that it is this immorality. Now, can we imagine a brother is disgusted, a sister is disgusted. So, what is the level? Now, when that is the level of immorality and the person is finding no qualms about walking in front of their own brother, sister, etc. in that disgusting manner, so what is the level of immorality? And immorality brings down azab. This brings down azab. So this is what we need to become conscious about. And this is what we have to work. It's a bitter aspect sometimes. It's very bitter for sometimes for us to swallow these things. Especially if we are caught up in it, it becomes very bitter to swallow it. But the bitter pills are sometimes very, very important and very effective. Sometimes that is what is most effective. People have diabetes, so they are advised eat the bitter things that will help. That bitter things will make that sugar levels come down. So sometimes these bitter things have to be discussed and has to be brought to our attention. 
and has to be repeated because when there's a pandemic, so you find on every board COVID and sanitize and this and that because there's a pandemic. Now there's a pandemic of immorality in the dressing, in the actions, in the interactions and how people are going about life and in the weddings and family functions and it is a pandemic of immorality. Now when there's a pandemic of immorality, so now like in every street corner and every corner and every entrance of every building and wherever and everywhere and in public places, every room and all over the floor, there's some kind of signage and here, there and everywhere signage, watch out, COVID and sanitize and masks and don't allow you to enter the shop without a mask and uh, so many things all these things carrying on and in the masjid also they don't want to have people standing next to each other in some places still and what not all because of whatever and overdone but now because there's a pandemic not that we agree with all these steps but on the other side the pandemic of immorality see no no don't worry mustn't get too serious about things this is what's drawing down the azab this is what's bringing down the calamities so we need to start conscientizing ourselves. Before we sanitize our hands, we need to conscientize our hearts. Conscientize ourselves, become conscious that we have to stand in front of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is going to take us to task about all our issues. We therefore, what is clearly haram, we have to stay away from that. And what is clearly permissible, Alhamdulillah. And what is in the doubtful category, then when in doubt, we leave it out, this is going to protect our iman, protect our deen, protect our akhlaq, protect our honor. This is by the guarantee that is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, the person who will refrain from the doubtful things, then he will protect his deen, protect his honor. Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq, Allah ta'ala bless us with the correct understanding of deen and enable us to become his true and obedient servants. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي فناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم صلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله رب العالمين